Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. Uh, for those of you who had took issue with the audio quality of last week's episode with our Pac-12 super fiend, Brian Floyd, we apologize for that. We want to thank you for sticking with us through tough times. The Fullcast is not immune from problems. Just like you yourself have probably been flawed in some way. Stay blessed. Uh, we'd also like to reassure you that given the recent news... Uh, regarding Vox Media and an investment from NBC Universal, you will not be experiencing anything different in the shutdown forecast. As usual, we are sponsored by Caroline in the City. Four seasons available on DVD wherever you can find it. Watch Notre Dame football. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and Comcast on demand with Xfinity. That's right. Also, probably has Caroline Pro in the football City. ProFootballTalk.com. Mike Florio in the city. Uh, I, as always, I'm Ryan Nanny. Spencer is God knows where. Jason Kirk, are you indoors right now? No, no. The uh, you hear him? Here they come. Okay, okay. <laughs> Good. And and Jason, we have a oh man, we have the ACC's most dangerous man. <laughs> I think we least. have ACC Commissioner Bud Elliott. <laughs> Bud, how are you today? I'm doing all right. I am indoors because it's really hot down here in Florida. Um. But let's just start out talking about Florida. Like, what do, what do you think are your tips to Florida summer living? I, I think the the main key for Florida summer living is that you have to sort of dedicate what part of your day is going to be for, for outside time so that you can just work up the good sweat. Because really, five minutes outside or five hours outside, you're, you're going to get about equally sweaty. So you need to plan, like, go get the newspaper. Go bring in the trash can if you still read the newspaper. Uh, you know, go get the trash cans, go do whatever outside type activities you're going to do 
for one block. Like don't mix it up. Don't be like a little bit inside, a little bit outside and come back in because then you get like like the cold sweat thing going on and then you're back outside and you're sweating again. You know what I'm saying? It's just right. you, 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 you it's, have, a, have a dedicated out, out time win, or out, out, outdoors window that you want to spend. It's sort of like spacewalking where you're like, okay, we can't just spacewalk whenever. We have to plan it out. We only have so much oxygen. If we stay out too long, we'll die. That's pretty much exactly what being in Florida in the summer That is last like. part, literally. Yeah. Um, it, it's also kind of like when you're the shitty 17-year-old who, like, someone tells you you should clean your room, and you're like, well, I'll just make another mess later and then clean it all up at once. That's true. This bed will forever – This is I'm fighting a losing battle with this bed. It will I'm win just going to drop queso on top of the mess, and then I'll clean up both of them at the same time. That's efficiency. Mom. That's a next-level stat. Also, don't don't uh, don't make your outside time between like two thirty and five because it's going to be raining in, in the summer down here. That's true. Uh, per- you're you're going to get flash flash flooded basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, what what? Okay, let's just ask the question everybody wants to know. How many showers are we talking about a day in the summer? I, I think you got to You're on at least two if you do any sort of working out or, or, or working outside. You're 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 going to be on 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 a two shower a day deal. Which hey, we're not California, so we can afford to do that because we have water down here. Wow. Oh. Oh shit, shit! But I'm just going straight for that water jugular. Um, what time are we talking? Morning shower and then shower after the outside time? I, I think so. I mean, it, it depends. Obviously, if like you work from home and just hang out in, in, in shorts most of the day, and, and right. maybe a shirt, or if you actually have to, like go into an office, uh, right. then, then your mileage may vary. How many times are are you willing to admit that you've just hopped in a pool and called that a shower? Oh, uh, a lot. Uh, assuming that your pool looks good and it's not, you know, filled up with like rainwater and, and all the other crap that washes into it. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. We're not talking about just dump, jumping into a trash can that happens to be full of water. No, I mean, no, of course. Something that's got. Unless you're a mosquito. <laughs> if you are a mosquito, again, thank you listen, for listening to Shutdown Fullcast. We track really well with mosquitoes for some love reason. Us. SoundCloud, advanced analytics. Eat our blood, but I, I think I think it's that they they appreciate the bug ambient noise that you bring to the podcast, Jason. So it's just you know most po- podcasts don't have that for them. But you I'm inclusive. Them at home. You are inclusive to all species, especially insects. Most podcasts are problematic for that reason. I would say all of them. Uh, this is, I guess, I guess we'll preview the ACC. I mean, it's there. It is there. Um. Do we care about the ACC though? This but, all right, but give me a reason why I should give a shit about the ACC this year. You know, I'm actually trying to work on one because uh, in the last couple of years running Tomahawk Nation, I found that most of our readers don't really click on stuff about ACC opponents anymore. They're just kind of like snobbish about it. But now I'm trying to work them back into that mold. Like, hey, Florida State could lose a couple games here. ACC games. Let's start reading about this kind of stuff again because we need we need clicks from somewhere because Jameis is gone. Uh, and, and so <laughs> so we are very much more focused on the opponents uh, this year in the ACC. And it's it's a league where, that I think the the middle tier has improved a little bit, uh, even though the top might be a little, might be sorted down because Clemson lost basically its entire defense and Florida State lost uh, like a ton of good players. And and Georgia Tech, do we care? Like, do they deserve? To, does Georgia Tech deserve to get top tier consideration, or are they like in some sort of one and a half stance at this point? I think they do. Just their schedule is brutal. Uh, they they really did not pick a good year to pair like returning quarterback, a lot of returning players, a, a defense that might actually improve. 
with a winnable schedule. This is a really tough tough year for them. They get Georgia, they get uh, Florida State and Clemson from the uh, from the Atlantic Division, which hey, points right there for getting the divisions right. Um, we should still go to East and West. I, I hate coastal <laughs> and Atlantic. And that that part is. Like the ACC, I think a lot of people are sort of thinking of them as like the odd conference out this year with four playoff spots, um, you know, because like Boise State is also in the running. No, <laughs> there are four <laughs> spots uh, from four, uh, four power conferences. But like the ACC, you look at what should probably most of the time be the top four teams, Georgia Tech, Clemson, Florida State, Miami, they all play each other. Like across divisions, like there's there's no balance. There's so like, no, there's no safety somewhere. Does, does that does that leave room for a Virginia Tech or Louisville to jump up? I think it easily could leave room for a Virginia Tech Louisville ACC championship game, uh, which you know would maybe not be the best for ticket sales, but because uh, Louisville doesn't play uh, anybody major from the coastal, and Va Tech uh, dodges. I think they dodge what Clemson, FSU, and and Va- or and uh, and Louisville from the Atlantic. That's a pretty good draw for both of them. Yeah, but they got to play Virginia every year. But I want to back up to something you said where you are saying that the ACC, the middle of the conference, is better. What I don't understand is, is there a bottom of the ACC? It feels like there are three or four good teams, and then everybody else wins six to eight games. I think if you go by their scheduling practices, uh, there's definitely a bottom. You have Syracuse, who... Uh, apparently thinks the ACC's TV deal is so poor that it needs to schedule a guarantee game where it pretends to be the FCS school and it plays LSU. And then Virginia is scheduling UCLA and, and kind of on and on. I remember Wake Forest played Stanford a couple of years back. The, the bottom, though, quality-wise, it, it, all jokes aside, Syracuse is probably going to be pretty bad. Wake Forest last year, uh, I still have the chat saved with Bill Connolly. Um, when I was like, have you, are you watching this uh, this Wake Forest who are they playing? Louisiana Monroe? That's not, I mean, uh, you could have named literally any so, team, and I would have said, uh, sure, yeah, Wake pretty, Forest pretty played sure that, that team. The, the, the first game of the year. And they had like negative they had like negative 12 rushing yards or something through the first four plays. I was like, well, this is going to be interesting. Uh, that that was probably the worst like, major conference offensive line I've ever seen. Uh, Virginia had sort of questionable in-game management, I feel like, with Mike London, although they do play pretty good defense. And like, the rest of the Coastal is just not – great it's just not terrible okay i guess i'm fine with that um now i'm gonna ask you to do something real uncomfortable i want you to give me the case for miami winning the whole damn acc this year sure uh okay they have a quarterback that i think we all feel pretty good about some of us feel really good about you know he had a nice brett Brett kaya had a nice freshman season could build upon that. Uh, the defense that Miami fans love to bitch about under Mark D'Onofrio uh, actually got better and was probably better than their offense last year and returns a lot of pieces not named Denzel Perryman, who's now off to the league. And, and so they could take another step forward. There's there's some talent at defense. I mean, Miami's not recruited poorly. Uh, they've not recruited like a like an Alabama or Ohio State, but it's they, they've got some talent on that team. Uh, Stacey Coley, the receiver who in 2013 was really, really good as a freshman, a a five-star they beat out FSU and, and several other major teams for. Uh, he was terrible last year, but if, if he comes back, maybe he steps up and, and takes the place of Philip Dorsett. Uh, and then maybe this is the one I probably have the hardest time believing. Maybe that offensive line uh, really comes together and, and opens up big-time holes for whoever Duke Johnson's replacement is. Okay, what? how many games does Miami have to win to win, let's just say, their division? 
Ooh. Uh, I think, well, they draw Cincinnati and Nebraska in the non-conference. Right. So uh, I think if we're just talking about conference games, I think 6-2 and two probably gets it done as, as long as one of the six is uh, over Georgia Tech or over Virginia Tech. 5-3 and three is probably some really awkward tiebreaker scenario where uh, where you go to your di- division record. You know, if they were to lose, let's say Clemson and Fort State, but they go uh, five and one in division, that probably gets it done. Right. Okay. Man, I hope I hope Miami fans are listening out there. Bud is not the hateful, angry monster <laughs> that you think he is. He is willing to concede that there is a future where ACC rises up and claims the ACC title. That they so richly deserve. At this now, point. Bud, can you picture like Miami wins the Orange Bowl and like an ACC chant breaks out? Like, not among Miami fans. I I think it's ooh, uh, no, no, I, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> not even ironically. Well, the question is, would you even have enough Miami fans plus other fans there to, for, for the mics to pick it up? Oh, uh, you know, oh, in, in the stadium, which which might be trouble. Uh-huh. I'm also not convinced that Al Golden is really on this super hot seat that people think he is. They, Miami's not exactly a program that just is throwing money out left and right. And he signed through 2019 after they re-upped his deal because they didn't really tell him about the sanction stuff back in the day. And that's so are you're going to buy out four more seasons of this dude. I, we'll see. I, I don't. I'm not totally convinced he's on the hot seat this year that people think he is. There is I, I, there is something delightfully South Florida of being like, no, nah, we're going to stay loyal to you because you didn't snitch when you and you didn't leave when you could have. You served there, your time. There's a housing market analogy there too, as far as like, yeah, we're we're not ready to get rid of this yet. Right, we're still right. underwater on this coach. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also like, you know, not to pick on the Miami fan thing, but like. How much more support can they possibly withdraw in order to make their voice heard? I'm 100% calling them adjustable <laughs> like rate they could, Golden they now. could, like, unfollow Al Golden on Twitter, but, like, the, the attendance is already what it is. Yeah, and it's... it's With legit reasons. Stadium's far away. It, it, it's a lot hot, of things to it, do in South It's hot at noon in September. We, it, we know, we know. It probably doesn't help the athletic department to know that the the best idea most fans have is just bring back Butch! Just go get Butch. <laughs> like that would work, though, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for like five years. Ooh, let's play this game. All right, uh, Bud. I tell you, Butch. Butch Davis is coaching in the ACC next year. What school is he at? As a head, uh, as a head coach. See, I, I would say Virginia, but the whole like academics portion that didn't go so well at North Carolina. Right. Uh, Syracuse is coming open, probably. Wow. So Butch hey, Davis, man. Syracuse. Oh man, the man looks got, the man looks good in a sweater. So. Although he's kind of like retirement age, and people typically move from you know Syracuse to Florida, so not from Florida to Syracuse. To warmer climes, yeah, Time's right. Tough. Yeah, he's preparing for that global warming. What about Louisville? Bet that job's coming open. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Falcons. <laughs> I mean, he'll probably end up at Bama. He deserves it. <laughs> Kirby Smart will just be spitting mad when that happens. You, Kirby Smart, you know that, that Lane Kiffin at Miami coordinator. Yeah, Lane Kiffin yeah, Miami. Yeah, we we we've established on several platforms now that that is the ideal destination for all teams. A situation in which he leads Miami to three consecutive national titles. It's beautiful. Uh, well, shit. Let's do some reader questions. Jason, you got one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me let me let me punch up one or two. 
Uh, first of all, and this is a good thing we have you two gentlemen on here. Your expertise will really come in handy. From Billy at and the, and the Valley Shook, our LSU site, ATVS underscore Chef Billy, which invasive species in Florida represents the greatest threat to college football? And I think, first of all, if you think sort of like overall, it's something like, oh, it's, you know, bugs with diseases or it's gators or whatever. But I feel like we can drill down and come up with at least a specific species for the three, uh, the three power conference schools. Okay. Bud, you want to – I mean, Bud has the most wildlife knowledge. I mean, break, break it on down, Bud. Yeah. We, we have a lot of, of unique uh, wildlife in the state. Heck, we had a, a fish, that, the Goliath grouper, that – was like really commonly referred to as the Jewfish up until like a decade ago. Like that's yeah. not that's not yeah. Oh um, invasive species meaning not native to Florida, I assume. Well, so I mean, like like I, gators are, are pretty native. Right. Too. Well, I would take invasive to mean invasive uh, invading the sport of college football because right. as it is, there aren't any animals other than trained mascots and um, certain head coaches. Gotcha. Uh, uh, I'll throw love bugs up there because university created. Which university? I don't want to talk about this, bud. It's not. It's not Florida's fault that they tried to eliminate our mosquito population and instead just gave us bugs whose only purpose is to chip away at the paint on your car. It is uh, emblematic of Florida's choices, and that's fine. Uh, but love bugs, because of their acidic properties, I could see them sort of developing. You know, going beyond like, oh yeah, we smash into your car and it's bad for your paint, and figuring out how to kamikaze a stadium, maybe Miami's new, maybe you know Miami's new digs, and be like, oh, there was a stadium here yesterday, but the love bugs attacked it, and now it's no, dissolved no, 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 no. into nothing. These are, I'm not familiar with these. These are university create. Are these like like? Is this like chemical warfare bugs? Love bugs are like. This is the one thing that. I'm shocked people don't know more about a love. I mean, but help me out here. How would you describe a love bug? These are nanobots. They're not nanobots. They're not nearly that impressive. Okay, so love bugs are uh, small little. Uh, do, do they have them all over the United States? Um, uh, or this is not just a Florida thing, I assume. Uh, according to Wikipedia, they are most common in Texas, Florida, Alabama, and Louisiana. Okay, so love bugs were created. What did they think? They, th- they thought they were going to eat the mosquito larva. Is that correct, or something like that? I think that was the plan. Yeah. Okay. Um, by someone associated with Florida, or, or somehow, uh, and they are bugs that literally um, fly around loving each other. Yeah. Uh, back to back. If you Google this, there's lots of photos, and they're they're work safe. They are connected uh, at the. They are connected at the butt. <laughs> yeah, and and they fly around, and uh, they are. Their, their mobility is lacking, right? They are, are true pocket passers, and uh, and mm-hmm, as they're okay. flying in tandem, they are unable to dodge your car, it, like, in mass. And so if you're going on, on a trip across Florida and, and you value your car, like, at all, and even if you drive, like, a you know, 2000 Toyota Camry, just, you know, like, you need to stop at a car wash pretty much immediately because otherwise the front end of your car is just going to fall off because their, their guts and stuff inside splatter on it and they immediately start eating up your paint. Uh, they're really no redeeming value, I would say. I mean, I'm, I'm going to pull is, the Wikipedia is, page to say if there's anything good about them. So, so I'm still unclear on one thing. The University of Florida. That is the story. I have no created idea. The, I have they no were idea bred? This, I, my understanding, like Pomeranians? My understanding of the story was that UF created these at some point in time with the idea that they would mate with mosquitoes, 
but they would not uh, bear any uh, offspring and therefore reduce the mosquito population drastically. That is not how so it worked So y'all made flying mosquito dildos? I wouldn't call them dildos so much as inflatable sex dolls. Yeah. Okay. Except the sex doll is filled with acid. The more I say this, the more it sounds like a very Florida thing. Is Florida a oh. real school? Uh, sure. It's, is this it's like an, a it's kind of ag science? school? It, 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 it's, it, yeah, it has like a number of ag components. It's not like a true ag school necessarily, but it's got some. It's got some ag shit. Oh, Ryan, uh, did you know they can be controlled with uh, parasitic fungi and dry weather, which the latter we don't have. Yeah, we don't have of. that parasitic fungi, and that's why the gators never leave the state. <laughs> that's. I mean, god damn it. So, all right, that's my invasive species that I'm going with, love bugs and their acid-filled sex bodies. Never go to Florida. Now, would they, would they attack Miami or would they attack Florida State? Because Seminoles drive cars now. They're, you know, progressive and, like, that's they, – they really could annoy them as well. But Miami – everybody has nice cars in Miami for the most part, so that makes sense with the hurricanes. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think also once they find out they can attack boats and jet skis and all kinds of things, <laughs> yeah. they'll really Love just cut – Bug International. They'll cut Miami <laughs> off from, from pretty much everything, the whole outside world. I like that. Uh, I'm going to go with the Burmese python slash all the other varieties of pets that people have released in the Everglades because they actually eat alligators. Mm, that's um, true. And they are truly invasive because they're not native to Florida. People just brought them over from well, Burma. And, uh, and, and now they're in the Everglades and they're huge. There's no natural predator for, predator for them except for cars when they're like stretching across Alligator Alley, which is a, a terrible road to drive on. Um, and there's just a lot of nothingness and no cell phone signal and, and nothing else. Uh, but they do eat uh, alligators. They get up to like 18 feet long. And we were actually considering going and hunting them one time for a story. And I'm glad we didn't because the success rate of that, like the Florida actually has open season. You can go hunt Burmese pythons like once a year down, down in the Everglades. And uh, the success rate is like 2%. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of thing that you don't really need. I feel like a season is irrelevant there. Cause it's just like, Hey, you want to try? Good luck. Yeah, that's, it should that's be. with that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, this is Florida's proof that we cannot clone dinosaurs because if we did, some rich cocaine-addled South Floridian would have cloned one, would have had it outgrow its habitat, and would have just dumped it in the Everglades because that's how all <laughs> that is the essence of evolution in Florida. You get something that you can't handle and you dump it in the Everglades and hope that it doesn't mutate. Only natural uh, predator for an Indominus Rex is a RPG. There were like <laughs> two or three movies about this, by the way. Uh, and about I, Florida dinosaurs? Well, just dinosaurs uh, in general, maybe you don't want to clone. That's oh, right, right. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. yeah. The, the, docu- the, body, the body of literature is clear. Yeah, the docu- the documentary, Liberty City Park. It all it all stands up. Uh, next question. Bud, this oh, question. Oh, you know, we forgot about the lionfish. Which, uh, is, is that going to take down FSU? Uh, it probably could, and it could take down like a lot of the seafood industry because it also doesn't have a lot of natural predators. And... Uh, like restaurants are trying to get people to Is eat James lionfish steal one? Oh, my oh my god! No, I, mean, I, I, I don't know if they're poisonous or not, but like they look really, really weird, and they're trying to get people to eat these things down here because they're also not, uh, uh, not, not native to uh, to Florida, and they wipe out a lot of the, the ecosystem. Man, Florida's just constantly on the brink. 
<laughs> of of flooding, of being taken over by species that are useless. It's a wonderful state. You should move there. Uh, but this question Go comes. Tech. This, this question comes from Michael Underwood. People in Florida don't pay taxes anyway, but at uh, Himicane on Twitter. Uh, which ACC team is most likely to hand out participation trophies this year? Ooh, uh, well, certainly one of those teams that uh, uh, Pitt. Uh, I think okay. it's, it's definitely Pitt. Uh, they haven't won anything in forever. They are from the north, uh, which is probably more likely to like be down with participation trophies as opposed to in the south. Like if you're watching the Little League World Series, you know what team is, is, is probably going to make the final, right? Either Southern California. Or the team in like the southeast, southeast or southwest uh, division, not not like the Rhode Islander or the team where, where ESPN is advertised. You guys have watched ESPN recently. They have the the commercial like where the the coach from the Northeast is, is telling the kids like how proud he is of them, and and I'm thinking like did this speech come after they lost like by 20 runs in two innings? Because the, the Paul Rhodes of Little League is what you're yeah saying. exactly. Yeah. And I'm like okay, so this is the participation trophies have got to come from one of those newly added ACC teams that mm-hmm. is not really wanting things so. That probably fits Pitt the best. I think Boston College is a candidate, not for participation trophies, but I could see uh, Adazio getting so like so enthralled by his team that he gives them tattoos without their consent. Just so as they're sleeping, he <laughs> tattoos each one of them. He's like, "Now you'll forever be known as one of the 2015 dudes. You have oh. been marked. <laughs> You've been marked for death. I will hunt you on an you- island." Pat Narduzzi should get one if he stays at Pitt for more than a year. I mean, they, they've had so many head coaches. That's like, true. Participation yeah. is literally an issue at Pitt. Yeah. They can't get you. Yeah, that you should get a trophy if you stay at Pitt for three years. I mean, or you should be disappointed in yourself. But one or the other, definitely. Jason, throw out another question. Let's see. Let me dig into the dig into the pile here. Boop, boop, boop. Again, this the, this segment brought to you by the single guy from NBC. You can watch the single guy probably at a blockbuster video if any still exist. You know, I just I was the other day. I was listening to Bob Costas called the Olympics, and yeah. there's no better voice in sports. You know what I like about the Olympics is that they're tape delayed, so that Watching I don't them have on to, television. I don't have to be stressed about them in the moment. I know what happened. It's sort of like reading a beloved. Shakespearean uh, novel or, or or play rather. I I trust NBC to deliver content when I need it, and not when I want it, and when I don't. <laughs> because my TV is always on NBC. <laughs> uh, another question for Bud from Sam Moroy on Twitter: Which thrifty bulk purchase is Bud most proud of? Oh man! For, for those who don't know, um, Bud is very good at shopping. But Bud, do you want to do you want to explain this? <laughs> All right. So it got out that. Uh, I was in Costco. We have a, a SB Nation weekly call right at three, and uh, nobody wants to go to Costco on a like a Saturday, right? Because then, like all the people are in there with their kids, and uh, and down here it's pretty much dead, especially in, in summer. Um, so I, uh, I just you know grabbed my phone and and uh, my hotspot, and I was like, well, I can listen to this uh, conference call while I'm in Costco, and uh, and so I. So I think it got out that I was I was doing that, and uh, avocados are a good purchase. Like you can get a bag of like six or seven there, and you may not use all of them, but you're probably going to use most of them because who doesn't like guacamole? And my fiance makes good guacamole, which is solid. I know Dan, Dan would certainly approve if uh, if he's listening. Uh, that's that's a pretty solid purchase to make there, I, I think, uh, because it. I mean, you're going to use. 
but I think what what that's not disclosing is that when we talk about your bulk purchases, bud, we're not talking about buying six avocados. We're talking about somebody hearing through the grapevine like, oh, Bud bought like eight recliners because there was <laughs> yeah. a special. Bud one. bought a pallet of blank. T- but B- Bud just got a truckload of Tic Tacs for five hundred dollars. He's and, he'll uh, never sure. have to buy Tic Tacs again. And you know, Bud, you don't have to worry about you know a lot of people jumping on your secret here. You you've seen the <laughs> listener numbers for this thing. <laughs> I, I actually have not seen listener numbers. Um, no one has. You'll 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 judge them. It's fine. Uh oh. Okay. Well, I will say this. Mulch. <laughs> it is much, much cheaper to have like have the truck in it, and they will just dump it in your driveway. But if, if you're willing to work at it, right. buying in bulk mulch is a good one to do because otherwise you're going to have to buy like 30 or 40 bags if you're trying to mulch. And it's better to just park your car you know, in, in the street for a day or two, mulch your thing, and, and have, 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 the, have the truck just come up and just, and just dump it there um, per, per pound. You're, you're probably saving quite a bit on that. Mulch and avocados. I, I just like the the fact that you picked avocados, one of the most water intensive crops. You're just really taking it to California. <laughs> I really, I really then, don't know what that's about. Grass that has been uprooted, so you have to water it more. <laughs> right. Um, all right. This question. This is this is more of an excuse to trans to transition. But this question comes from uh, our friends MGoBlog at MGoBlog on Twitter. Uh, their question: Where should the Rubio kid transfer? This is, of course, in reference to Marco Rubio, one of Florida's fine political representatives, uh, at, I believe it's the Iowa State Fair for politics, something or other, and throwing a pass, hitting a kid square in the face. Uh, Bud, you have seen the tape of this throw and failed catch, have you not? I I have, Uh, and and I'm glad that Brian asked this question because I believe that Michigan picked up a transfer from Iowa – uh, who was actually from Florida and Jake Rudolph. Jake Rudolph, right? that's correct. Yeah, yeah. and he, he played at Aquinas, which totally does not uh, cheat and recruit their players at all. Uh, totally organically homegrown. Um, and uh, and so Rudolph goes to Iowa, doesn't really succeed, and now he's going to go probably ball out somewhat with Jim Harbaugh uh, in Michigan, even though I don't really know if they have any playmakers up there. Uh, I think you've got to transfer somewhere where where, uh, where the, the kid can handle um, – we're, 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 talking about, we're talking about Rubio transfer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This yeah. kid, I think this kid clearly doesn't have what it takes to play, you know, Power Five football. He can go play for Northern Iowa or something, and probably beat Iowa in the end. But as based on this tape, no, nah, this kid doesn't have what it takes. Uh, you know, Rubio. I think when you look at this, clearly not afraid to throw the ball over the middle. He's used to throwing to small receivers, and it'd be good if they could catch the ball. Uh, so Washington State. Could be a uh, could could be a spot for them. I know they grabbed Peyton Bender out of South Florida a couple of years ago. Maybe he'll be in line to start there at some point up in Pullman. Uh, clearly, it's not working out at at Washington or at uh, at Iowa. And the kid, man, that's I don't want to make it like a you know mean comments about like a five year old or how how old do we think this kid is? I'm going to estimate seven or eight. Okay, I mean Kirk is probably the expert here because he's the only one of us that actually has a kid. Uh, Jason, would you concur on that? On uh, on which part? On, on, how, on the age of this on child. Kirk is like clearly editing a story right now yeah. too. <laughs> uh, well, the only issue is I have not seen this video. Oh my god, Jason! We spent all this time in pre-prep planning Who? the most 
elaborately produced college football podcast makes the solid verbal look like shit, and you don't even watch the. All right, just trust me that he's seven or eight. Okay. Okay. I'll keep going. Uh, I'll t- I'll take a look. So. Yeah, so if you haven't seen this video, uh, kids running the drag route. Rubio puts a ball on him. That kid, that kid, that kid's not quite seven, I don't think. Okay, fine. I think he's a little younger. Yeah, um, but the, the coordination there with the hands and, and the catching of the ball uh, just wasn't there, and, and so the kid kid wears it off the face. He kind of threw it a little high. I mean, he. I think he was hanging him out to get laid out by that linebacker. Yeah, that's true. I. I hmm. Not a very pre- that, not that, a very presidential a throw for a kid. Well, it's also I mean you know if he can't if he can't put that pass where it needs to be like right where it needs to be how's he gonna throw the deep out? How's he gonna throw how's that back shoulder? How's he gonna throw America where it needs to be? How's he gonna throw America up the seam? How's he gonna <laughs> even see that route? That's why shutdown forecast cannot endorse Marco Rubio for Washington State quarterback. I think that's what this election is about. But yeah, he's wearing red. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, all right, we got one more question before we let before we uh, force Bud to say nice things about uh, all the ACC teams. <laughs> no, let's get right to that. Spoiler. All right, Bud, we're gonna do this super rapid fire. I'm gonna pull up a list of every ACC team because hell if I can remember them. Uh, and I'm gonna just give you one randomly, and you're gonna say the first nice thing that comes to mind. Can you do that? Uh. Yes, as long as I don't have to actually name a, name a player on each team. No, 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 you certainly don't have to do that. Okay, because okay, there's probably about three or four teams where I, All right. I can't. You ready? Yeah. Okay, North Carolina. Great academics. Okay. <laughs> but this has already gone terribly. <laughs> Wake Forest. Effort. Duke. Overachieving. NC State. You could leave at halftime... Go get drinks and then come back in. It's genius. Georgia Tech. Uh, Cool city. Pitt. Tradition. Clemson. Auburn with a lake. Boston College. Uh, You can't tailgate, so Red Sox. Louisville. They've managed to keep Bobby Petrino now for two years. Syracuse. Uh, uh, intensity. Virginia. I already use tradition. Um, <laughs> what, what is Virginia's tradition? I don't know. I'm just and I've already used academics. So I, I really you're, you're not, you're not writing a media guide, bud. Former ni- former number one Virginia here. Uh, the Barber Twins. Virginia Tech. Lunch pail. Miami. A lot of things to do in that city. Okay. I think that... Did we hit everybody? I don't remember if I said Wake Forest, but I won't make you do that. Yeah, they got an effort. Effort. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wake Forest got effort. Oh, boy. Uh, bud, thank you Thank you so much for joining us. And I'd like to point out, we didn't talk about the Knolls. Hardly at all. So take that, all you, all you internet haters and commenters and... FSU Twitter, I'm sorry that we hung you out to dry here. You probably were expecting a lot more hot knolls takes, but... Um, I don't think anyone has any opinions in Florida State. Not so. at this point. I think they're a nice team, probably going to go 8-4, and four, do some do some great things. They're building something there. I don't know what and, it's going to be, but something. And FSU fans keep themselves so well, too. Like If you notice the comment section on SBNation.com, we are totally not running a scheme where we try to just like 
you know, make, take Tom Hawk's traffic and double it up on Inspiration.com. That yeah, is well, not happening this, at all. The, I, I bet if we ran the numbers, we'd see like, <laughs> like maybe a quarter as many uh, FSU fan comments on .com, which is fine. Everyone's welcome, but it's it's just interesting. The uh, Everyone sort of calmed down a little no, bit. I think, things, I think, things blew over. I think Ohio State fans are ready to take that, the point where we can like post like, hey, look at this crazy thing that happened in a Russian hockey league. And Ohio <laughs> State fans will just pile in the comments there and be like, why are we not talking about the Buckeyes? They got three quarterbacks better than everybody in Russia. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, hey, here's something in Canada. Canada's by Wisconsin, 59-0. So it's like, God, love you, Buckeyes. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. 